Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kickstarter, or broadly known as crowdfunding, is a huge thing in many parts of the world, especially in the US, where people come together to fund projects and ideas to make it work. All sorts of stuff come out, such a process from wallets to bags, board games to books. I personally have, you know, funded a year piece. Um, not that great, lah, but <laughs> that's personal experience. What is important is that... I'm sure many of you guys have funded some sort of Kickstarter project or at least funded some sort of project. But our guest for today has created waves in the Kickstarter space in Singapore and beyond. And he told me that at the bare minimum, you can use about 2000 to go from start, like idea start, to finished product. Not too bad, right? Pretty interesting. I think many of us can consider using crowdfunding to embark on our next big idea or side hustle. Welcome to another Chill Swift TFC session. In this series, we hope to bring out interesting, relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from people that you already agree with. Perspectives shape around the thinker. So in the pursuit of the life we love while managing our finances as well, our guest today was one of the founders of We The People. I'm sure you've explored their store, We The People. They're around, right? Many different places and they even expanded to the US. But sadly, they've been impacted by COVID and ended their journey. Journey, but he has moved on to another Kickstarter project. <laughs> As if there's nothing else to do, right? But to him, it's actually the easiest way to get started with the least amount of resources. So I had to bring him on to share his journey, his Kickstarter system, and find out why after closing a business so connected to Kickstarter, he has to go back at it again. So join me to figure out the power of crowdfunding with Ryan Sim. Okay, before all his entrepreneurial journey, he's actually my army mate. <laughs> so we know, you know, all the lame side of each other. But yes, enjoy your time together with us. Welcome back. If we look at Kickstarter as a medium of launching something, you know, maybe you want to do your own project, you want to start something. Um, what is the kind of practices that we need to have? Or like who should start a Kickstarter in that sense? I guess it's anyone with the... Influencer. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a- anyone that is an influencer? Well, <laughs> might or may not be good enough. I have a story about that. Um, tell so, us, tell us. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this might be a bit difficult. Okay, how about this? Um, okay, I'm not, not going to name names. Not going to name, name names. names okay? yes, yes, yes. Describe it um, a little bit more. Yeah. So maybe about two years ago, Quite a large name in MediaCorp came to us and he wanted to start a Kickstarter campaign, right? He wanted to launch, he wanted to launch a project, except that it was going to be number one in Mandarin. Okay. And number two, it was going to be a book. Okay, so this is like oddly specific already. I can't, I can't, okay, we can't okay, go so okay, far yeah, Cannot go further. Cannot already. go okay, further already. Okay, so okay. anyway... Um, is the book like about pictures? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, cannot go further. Enough, did, enough, enough, enough. Yeah. So no, we did, we did, we did uh, explain uh, the, mm. the success rate and all that. Mm. Uh, it was gonna be difficult, right? <clears throat> and we wanted to make it happen anyway. We wanted to try, right? 
Um, but end of the day, uh, we we decided okay, I don't think this is gonna work out because the target market is super wrong. Even even with all the star power he had, right? I don't think it was gonna uh, work out. And we also said like maybe don't do it because it's not gonna look really nice um, for your star power per se. Uh, uh, yes. So anyway, back to the question on whether mm-hmm. so anyone can do it. Who should start a Kickstarter? Who should start yes, doing it? Okay, yes, yes. so <laughs> still going to say anyone can do it. Just maybe run the idea with a couple of your friends in different industries first. Right? Maybe if you get like a, out of 10 people, seven of them say like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Maybe you can move forward from there. But to be very specific, uh, when and who should... It's when you have that moment, that eureka moment, when you see a problem and you're like, oh my god, I have the solution. I know how I can make this happen. I know how I can fix this. Um, if there was ever a time in your life when you saw something at home like that was just not working out for you or just frustrated you and you devise a simple solution or maybe an attachment to something else that made your life much easier, right? And you really liked it. That is what Kickstarter is about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're taking that idea and put it in mass market. So if you ever felt that way before, that's something uh, you can go on. Yeah, that's the kind of person you need to be. You need to be uh, someone that identifies potential solutions to problems that no one has seen and try to make those solutions, in at least in a physical form. Mm. <laughs> because when it comes to Kickstarter or most uh, rewards-based crowdfunding, it's always tangible products that are the ones the that best. sell. Uh, whereas... You can launch an app and stuff like that, but Kickstarter and all that will not be the right platform because people on Kickstarter, they expect something physical in return. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's just this is the reality of the market, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, so then exactly like what you said, right? If you have a problem and you figure a solution and then you want to launch Kickstarter project, but why Kickstarter project then? Like, you know, I could just do it on my own, yeah. right? I could, I could run a... Yeah. Uh, like an e-commerce site, I could do like small-scale manufacturing and then kind of do something on those grounds. But then why why should I do Kickstarter? Okay, this is my favorite question. Mm. Like literally. Let's take a journey into the past, okay? Let's go back 20 years. Okay, 20 years was when? 1990, right? 1990s. Um that's not 1990, that's 2000s. Why am I living? <laughs> okay, around, around there. 90s and 2000s, right? Crowdfund- because you cancelled last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you forgot, like, which year are we in? <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Hey, hey, Ander, Ander, what happened? Where am I? <laughs> Where am I? What's going on, right? Like, <laughs> the, so, okay, so let, let's go back a couple of years, right? During two, 20 years ago, crowdfunding wasn't a thing, mm. right? There, mm. there was no such thing and let's do an experiment. 20, 30 years ago, you wanted to start a uh, Handphone cover business. Mm. You had your own special designs or and st- maybe your cases are really sustainable or what have you, right? And you wanted to make this happen. You wanted to make this a thing. What was the first thing you needed to think of? Money. Mm. To make money, you needed money, mm. right? Which is the biggest barrier, right? Um, and this is where most people fall off the curve because they don't have the money to make the money, mm. right? And this is where all great ideas, well, a lot of great ideas go to die and disappear. Mm. That's a sad thing. Right? And the next thing is, okay, what if you did have the money? Having the money does not guarantee having validation. Mm. Right? So, how do you know after you make this thing, you spend the money to manufacture all these handphone cases that you think will sell, and actually no one buys them? Right? Whose fault is that? Right? And that's the thing, you never know. So, it's not yourself to blame, but it's just how the world is. 
And if you have limited resources and you're just starting out, um, not everything is easy for you. You don't have a distribution line ready for you and stuff like that. So the risk, inherent risk factor is extremely high last time. You could lose quite a bit, right? Money, time, uh, <laughs> your mentality, <laughs> your sanity, yeah. you know? All the entrepreneur stuff. Yes, right? yes, yes, you, yes, you yes. Go through that style. It was a really old testament, right? Mm-hmm. And today, like 30 years later, the appearance of Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and other crowdfunding platforms, right? That kind of changes the whole industry. The whole landscape changes. Now, all you need is an idea, a couple of dollars, and big enough passion to push forward. Mm-hmm. Actually, passion is your biggest fueling uh, energy already. So what happens now is, all you need to do, remember the handphone cover? Let's go back to the handphone covers uh, example again, right? Just make one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of ma- manufacturing like a thousand pieces, because that's what the manufacturers can tell you to do, just make one prototype sample, right? Which is going to cost you like $50, right? Expensive to make one because it's a sample. Make one. Photograph it, video it, put up some content, and this is when you need to start creating your Kickstarter page, right? So on your Kickstarter page, what you need to do is tell your audiences, sell, tell the products to your audiences, right? Tell them like, okay, hey guys, this is my idea. I want to launch this because I think iPhones never had something like this before. My mycelium. Mycelium, <laughs> yes, it's made of mushrooms. It's made of mushrooms. It's made of mushrooms. It's yeah. biodegradable yeah, and, yeah. and there's nice smells. By like the way, if someone rabbit. actually produced mycelium phone covers, okay, contact us, okay? I'm happy to help I you think, do a I shout out. Have. I think have. Yes, yes, I, yes. Later we can Google something yeah. called organoids. Yeah, yeah okay. Some, yeah, okay. something like that. That's cool. Um, so with this idea, and you already have your cost and all that, Put up a campaign on Kickstarter and tell people that, hey guys, I need to raise X amount of dollars. Let's say you need $5,000, right? Let's say the manufacturer tells you, hey Ryan, right? If you want to make this happen, a one batch, a minimum you need to produce is 100 pieces or 1,000 pieces, right? Let's say you need to produce 1,000 pieces and that cost is $5,000, right? So that means you will need to raise a minimum of $5,000 for this to happen. So is that how I set my Kickstarter goals? Is that kind of... Yes, you're on the right, right path there, correct. Okay. The first thing you need to think about is MOQs, okay. minimum so, order so, quantities. So walk me through this process. right? So I have an idea and then I talk to some friends. I kind of like validate within my social circle. That's what you've said, right? Yes, that's right. So then after that, that means um, if amongst 10 friends, 7 friends say, okay, and let's go, right? Let's yes. go with this. And then we'll double down, go and try to find some sort of like prototype that can make this happen. And then we go on to Kickstarter and we, we set a campaign target. And this target should be based off that minimum order yes. of that thing. Of the factory, yeah. Factory tells you like, okay, you need to make like minimum $5,000 worth of this, mm, right? Mm, mm. That's, then, then, who, who should I choose then in, in terms of like my factory partner? You know, how, how do I know that these guys are good to work with? You, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So yeah. in, in a nutshell, maybe when you're looking for manufacturers, right? Um, most of the time you'll be looking at Alibaba first. Right. Yeah. It's mostly yeah, Alibaba, yeah, right? Exactly. Because right, that's where all the manufacturers are. Yes. Yes. Um, find three to five of them. Talk to all of them. Eventually, okay. A few things I base my interactions off is how fast they communicate. Do they offer extra thought input into my design? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do they give me suggestions? When you say extra, I, I'd be like, extra? What extra? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, thought input. Thought okay, input, yeah. Okay, Design input. Mm. And how fast they get back to you, right? Mm. So mm. It's, all, it's all really communication. And that's something that is intangible. It's something that you will feel. Mm. So talk to all five. You'll get a very big scale. Some of them just like, like want to close the deal. No, 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 no. Some of them are 
moderately patient, like, hey, okay, let me help you out. Let me talk to my sensei. Uh, he will tell you like, oh, maybe this can work, this one cannot work. Mm. Or, he'll, he, or they will offer you different materials, stuff like that, so on and so forth. And then they'll show you their credentials and stuff like that. Mm. So of course, look at credentials, but also give chance to the smaller players, right? Mm. But at the same time, I think I rank communication number one. That means you will feel this. I can't really explain this. It's like once you start talking to them, you understand like whether you feel comfortable with this person. Uh, number two, credentials. Number three, price. Mm. So why? Strange that I put price at the third one, right? Okay, so experience tells me that price is not always everything. Yes, while let's say one of them quotes you uh, one handphone cover, one piece is, let's just say $2. Let's say $2. And another one quotes you 90 cents, right? Mm. So like, you, you'll be, oh my God, I could save $1.10. Yeah. So if I make 5,000 pieces, I'm saving a lot of money, yeah. right? That's not exactly the case because the case could break. <laughs> <laughs> the handphone case. <laughs> there, there are many, there are many, many factors going into this. Uh, uh, you must think about the supply chain for them as well. Why? How come the prices are so low? Is it workmanship? They're scre- some, somewhere, they're cutting corners somewhere and figure that out, right? And is it the smaller factory that's charging more or the bigger factory charging more? They'll give you different answers, right? Maybe the big, bigger factory has the proper procedures. So that means when you manufacture this at $2, you're going to get something solid, for sure, backed up. Maybe the $2 comes with insurance as well. That means, let's say they make uh, all these pieces for a thousand pieces, right? And if they say, oh, if it screws up, if there's a problem with shipping, or if like half of them are not working properly, I'll make someone and send it to you. Mm. And all these need to be communicated. All these need to be communicated. So when you talk to them, you can ask, ask them, them these, all questions. these questions. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because there is always a chance at scale. When you do things at scale, higher chances of failure will happen. Right? Uh, the I don't cover just disintegrates or it's bent or it's the the the. <laughs> I feel very sad. My cover disintegrates. Yeah. The mold. The mold is different. <laughs> yes. Mold yes. is different. Or it grows mold. <laughs> Who knows? Right? <laughs> so a thousand things can go wrong, and you won't know. So, um, the cheapest one is not always the best option. Mm. So, I'll probably go some, somewhere in between, something that you're comfortable with, in between communication and price points. Okay, okay. Yes. So Help us understand a little bit about mold, right? So, yeah. this is something that a lot of people, I think, if they don't produce their own product, they don't understand, right? Yes. Because like what you say, if, if this guy is the first time starting, yeah. it's all about passion. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. But they don't understand this thing called the mold, mm. right? So, if you're using uh, OEM kind of thing where, you know, the mold is Pretty generic, mid. right? Yeah. Then it's it's Cheap. it's much cheaper, yeah. right? But if someone very passionate say, I must have it this way, yeah. you know, paint us a picture, how, how does that oh, look okay. like? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun. Never, I, never, I never got asked this question before. Mm. Um, okay, to save everyone listening the trouble of Googling, mm. right? Mm. Let's do a comparison between the mold of an iPhone mm. versus the mold of iPhone cover. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm. Mold is basically how manufacturer produces and mess, right? So they can put their designs into this one machine. One machine will just clamp down on the all the all the let's say the PVC material or metal, whatever. Just clamp it down. It forms into the shape, and once it releases, that's done. The product is done, right? Okay. So for your phone cover, how many pieces are there? One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a one piece. <laughs> so, in terms of complexity to make one piece, it's pretty okay. Right? Mm. Um, maybe they make one or two samples and then they'll, find, they'll get it in the third sample. So it's quite fast to make that. It's quite straightforward. Uh, and dimensions already exist online. They just have to follow the dimensions. So for him, it's like, okay, this is really easy. So I'll charge cheaply. 
And let's compare it to now the iPhone. Let's say the iPhone hasn't existed yet, for example. So it's an entirely new kind of thing. How many pieces to make an iPhone? How many things go in, right? You have the know, cover. Man. No idea. Yeah, you have the front cover, <laughs> the back cover, some components inside, different housing parts to house different parts, right? Uh, maybe I think iPhone has about Oh, well, I have no idea, man. It could be like from from like like three to twenty. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. right? So something like that, and the size, precision, basically how smooth it's gonna be, right? Uh, these all go into the price as well. So basically, the more mold, more more pieces that you need to make this thing, the more expensive it's going to be mm. because you have to make all those things. Each mold can cost you X amount of dollars. Um, and I say, no, sorry, it's not dollars. It's in the hundreds and thousands mm. of dollars. Mm. Yes. Right? Um, I, had a, I had a client last time. He wanted to make a pump for automated plant watering machine. Okay. Right? It literally just looks like a square box. Mm. Right? With maybe like three to four other mold pieces inside. He had to pay $13,000. Wow. For his mold. Okay. 13,000. Um, eventually, his campaign did not go well. Uh, it failed. But it was lucky because if he made it successful, he would have lost money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very expensive. So okay. that, is, that is mold. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, when you said the campaign failed, right? So like you said, like most of the projects for first-timers, they don't do well. Right. So then what are some like key things that we should look out for when we are trying to start our own campaign? Right? How to make sure that I got increased success rate? <laughs> the big uh, million dollar <laughs> question, right? Yeah, yeah. How to increase my success rate if yeah. I'm gonna so, start this thing? Uh I, maybe I could I could tell you what to not do. Mm, okay, okay, <laughs> we can start there, yes. Right. Mm. Maybe maybe try to get as much validation from your peers first, right? Mm. And while a lot of them will, will literally shit on your project. They will say this is a waste of time and <laughs> stuff like that. Especially the closest friends, right? They will yeah. shit on they you. They will shit on your project. So, but, I mean, the best thing to do is to ask for unfettered opinions. People that don't care about you as much uh, as your friends. Mm. Right? Mm. So, like, maybe like far away relatives mm. or like your cousin they don't really hang out with mm. or like your old friends from school, mm. right? Mm. On Facebook. Don't, just don't approach them like, like a creepy insurance agent. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of objectivity you need. I mean, yes, you can ask your friends, but if you if you either want to be extremely put up or ex- extremely put down, then ask your very close friends because mm. <laughs> that's what they're going to do for you. Mm. So once you ask enough people that you know have very objective standpoints, right? And like, I think a good success rate about 7 out of them 7 out of 10 of them say like yeah it's kind of cool I think this is when you can go into continue um, making this happen what you should not do is not do that right so don't don't, don't jump in blindly don't just create something like oh my god like for example the abing mentality mm-hmm. right it's, it's a very Old Testament style just like I'm just going to make this I'm going to launch I don't care mm-hmm. right that's a recipe for failure and the non- more knowledge you have the better right the, the more more angles, the more crevices, the more parts that are not dark anymore, it's easier for you to navigate, right? So, I guess what you want to do is play. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, first thing you want to do is have a good financial goal. Once you find out what your goal is, for example, let's go back to the case thing. Right? Let's say you need to raise $5,000. And let's say you're pricing your cases cases at, uh, just for calculations, like $50 a case, mm, mm, right? Mm. So that's a... Uh, um, how do I decide how to price my things? You, okay, uh, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you price your things? Look at the competitors in your market. Because at this point in time, you don't really have a brand together yet. Brand is only a brand when people start remembering it, mm. right? Mm. Uh, if you just make, put something, put a random label on it, it's not a brand yet, mm. right? Um, it becomes a brand when people remember. So at the start, I just look at people in your market that are doing something similar. Just look at the headphone case market in its entirety. Uh, go from the cheapest that you can find on Taobao or Shopee, which can be like as low as $2 which is also very demoralizing for you, but never mind, you need to know that. You need to know that. And then look at that very expensive fine. Uh, there's a company called Grey in Singapore, and they make um, atas, very, very atas, and uh, extremely exquisite uh, iPhone and phone covers. Uh, it could cost up to a few thousand dollars for one phone cover. Really? Yeah, it's made of like, I think he makes, makes it out of like, like platinum, or okay. gold. I mean, it's very out of the world looking. More expensive than the phone. Yeah, yes, that's right. More expensive mm. than the phone. It looks like it matches... Like, you gotta have a, you gotta own a Lamborghini or a Ferrari mm-hmm. and you need to put it next to your car keys, you know, that kind of feels, you know, can see, you can imagine the Instagram vibes right now. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Then after that, you keep looking, keep looking until you find a median price in the market. It's gonna be in the range of like $15 to $30, probably. That's where you can get at. Um, and that's kind of somewhere you want to aim towards, right? For a safe start. Another point to note, if this is your first campaign, it's in your best interest to get as many users as possible because mm-hmm. this will benefit your subsequent campaigns when you launch again because you will launch again. Mm, so it's in your best interest. What do you mean as many users? Funders. Okay, uh, so... so Pre-purchases. So it does not matter like if these guys come in with very big tickets. You want small numbers. Small, small, small but more. Okay, small but more. Okay, yeah. okay. So then they fall into your ecosystem? Correct. Okay, okay. So I think your first initial goal is to build database. And mm. to build database, you got to market a little bit. So mm. marketing can come in many forms, right? Ads mm. and all that stuff. It can come in the form of a big discount on your products. Mm, okay. Right? So, so, so then the, the thing about discount, right? Essentially, when I go to a Kickstarter platform, then uh, what happens is I'm trying to support uh, early creator, right? So then I'm the early adopter, essentially. So I want to... Uh, yeah, cheaper, right? I want to get something at a, at a better price, right? So then based on what you said, there is a MOQ, that I need to service, which is, this is like $5,000 that I need to have for the you know, amazing iPhone case made with mycelium. <laughs> and, and then I check the broad market, you know, out there to know what is all the prices. I try to aim for the middle, right? These are what I'm hearing. Median, median. The median, right? So yeah. I try to aim for the median. Uh, this is the most you know, average price yeah. is here, okay? Then based on that, how do I then charge my contributors. Yeah. Right, because my target is $5,000. Yes. My media is about fifteen. Yeah. Then uh, that is my retail price, right? Yeah. And how do I price for my early adopters and my campaign supporters? Okay, so campaign supporters will always want to have to get it cheaper because what other incentive would they have, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, they're going to help you out. But of course, you've got to give them that 
nice social positioning as well. That means they can tell their friends like, hey, I got this at this price before mm-hmm. it was a real thing. You I'm know? special, right? I yes. already adopt, right? Yes. So give that to them, right? And how we can give that to them is in, well, the many ways. That number one is price. Number two is exclusivity. That means you can give them this, but this batch will never be made again. This particular mm-hmm. design, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's only for them in that sense. So um, generally, if you just go by a price strategy, if your first time launching a Kickstarter, you're going to do a 30% discount. 30% discount. So it's going to come up to like, what, $10? Mm-hmm. Yeah, $10, mm-hmm. right? On average, yeah. Um, 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So then now you do the math. How many $10 do I need to sell <laughs> to hit $5,000, mm-hmm. right? And that will be $500. Mm-hmm. So your initial launch, you will need to hit 500 people for this to become a go. Mm-hmm. And then you can pay your manufacturer, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how you do your math. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you forecast um, uh, exactly how much money you need and how many people need to support the campaign for this become a real thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. So then how do I go about getting all these people? It's not that I just post and immediately, yeah. oh, no. That's not work that way. Right? Yeah, now we can work backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? So we have the target now, right? Now we have the target. Okay. Now, we have, now we have the financial target. Mm, we and know now, our price point. We know our price point, our financial target, and know how many people we need. Okay. So we need 500 people. Mm. Now we go into duration. Okay. Right? Kickstarter campaigns can go anywhere from one day to 60 days. Usually, people do 30 days. Um, why? Why? I don't know. I think it's uh, culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kickstarter culture. Yeah, it's, it's people usually do 30 days. Um, as a Kickstarter veteran, I would, uh, this is my mm. biggest hint for everyone listening, mm. do 40 to 45 days. Why? Uh, yes. So, it's going to sound strange, but it's true, okay? Um, this is from me and my experience. Within 40 to 45 days, right, people around the world would have gotten the salaries twice. Ah, okay. okay Higher okay. chance of that happening. So mm. that means now you can double down twice. Mm. Uh, if you want to strategize and do your ads and all that stuff, like that, which we will come to eventually, right? Um, but just for brevity's sake, when you have to spend money for ads on Kickstarter, usually you spend during paydays. Usually a few days before payday, a few days after payday. So that's like five days of marketing. Mm. So you can double down on that a few times. Right, probably two to three times in this during this whole campaign, and that's where most impulse purchases will take, mm. because now like oh yeah, I got money now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of your audience will be in the US, and to be very honest, they are a lot of them paycheck to paycheck per se, so it's mm-hmm. all planned out already, so they don't really have a lot saved up, so they will just spend straight away in that sense. So you want to do it that way. And same could be said for the rest of the world. Mm. Uh, when there's excess cash, then uh, when opportunities come, then this will happen. Yeah, give me some clarity. You said like uh, a lot of the backers will be from the US. Yes. So what is the kind of percentage? So that means that I'm going to do this whole thing in Singapore or wherever I am. Mm-hmm. And my target are the US consumers. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> what is the percentage? Like, yeah. Again, depending on your product, but let's just go for generic Products-wise, let's go back to this case again, right? 50% of your backers would highly come from the US. Um, the rest would be distributed into UK, Australia, Europe, right? They'll make up the next 30%. The rest of the 20%, 15 to 18% will come from Singapore. Mm. Uh, the rest will be from Hong Kong, Japan, and other countries that just barely ever use Kickstarter. Singapore is one of your largest markets in Asia, Really? Yes. People got a lot of spare cash to spend on yeah, this. And we all speak stuff. English. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. that's right. So it's it's the uh, communications again. It's all there. We are ready. Singaporeans have extra. Most, most Singaporeans have extra 
dough to burn, mm-hmm. right? They want new shiny things, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's that's gonna be a distribution. So in terms of your marketing, when you're choosing the tone of voice, the target markets, try to prioritize more of the US. Okay. Right. Because okay. that would just makes it just makes more sense. It's a larger market. People will purchase more of there. But also don't forget Singapore because Singapore will be your, I would say your impetus. Singapore will get the ball rolling for you because mm-hmm. this is your easy to reach market. It's right here, sitting down your ass, right? You can just <laughs> call your friend, hey bro, support me, support right? me yes. now or else. Okay. Right. Okay. Or can you just gather everyone's credit cards? Like, hey, I'm gonna borrow this for like a couple of days, guys. Mm. Yeah. Just yeah. Do that stuff. Okay. Not recommending that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So so I, yeah. I I get the idea based on the demographic, based on the financial targets that we are trying to go for, right? Yeah. So then, how does these campaigns work then? You know, like forty five days, forty days. You know, what what is the process gonna look like? Right. Okay. So, quite straight up. So every single day, let, let's go back to that five hundred. Um, Target. Yes, yes. Right, so you need 500 backers. Mm. Uh, the, oh, mycelium cover. Yes, we call, <laughs> we call these people backers. Uh, that they're, they're uh, actually pre-purchasers in that sense. So you need 500 of these people. So let's say you're doing 40-day campaign. Okay, can't do math right now. 40-day <laughs> campaign, okay. 40-day 40 40 campaign, you need 500 altogether in that 40 days, right? So how many how many you need per day? About 13. 13. About oh, that. Are you yeah. a genius? Uh, 13, yeah. 12.5. Uh. Clearly not from the US. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Um, so, you need to do, you need to hit like 13 a day, mm, right? Mm, mm. So, now you work backwards again. How can you get 13 people coming to your campaign page a day and putting down money, mm. right? And this builds back onto your pre-marketing campaign, Right? Uh, generally, if you want to be successful, you got to be successful even before you press the launch button. I know this is hard to hear, hard to swallow, but it's a good uh, mindset to take, mm. right? Okay. Generally, depending on your pre-marketing ads or however you pre-market, whether it's Facebook posts, Instagram posts, uh, or if you're actually at a pop-up store and, and, and showing people and taking out emails, okay. right? Try to hit like three to four times that amount. So if I want 500 backers, I want to hit about 1,005 to 2,000 Yes, 1,005 to 2,000 people that mm. have kind of given you their emails already. Emails? Yeah. Okay, okay. And I mean, the quality of these emails, that is up to you already. Mm. When, mm. And to be very specific, what does quality mean? That means like, for example, if you met someone and you showed it to them, like, hey, I'm going to launch this soon. And they're very, very excited. Like, oh my God, it's so cool. Can you please tell me when, when it's ready? Right? That's a very strong lead. Mm. That's a very strong mm. email you collected. Whereas you did something online and you maybe they saw a picture of it. And this is questionable. Right? Mm. You don't know whether it was a bot. You don't mm. know whether this person just put it down. Just like, yeah, maybe. You know, you don't know how strong that, that desire was. Mm. Um, so in your marketing and all that stuff, if you can think of ways to make those leads stronger, the better. Okay. Right. Okay. So if you can have five hundred super strong leads, that means great lah. You success. Yeah, that means you're ninety. You're like ninety percent chance you're gonna hit that goal already. Okay. So it's easier, right? Yeah. So for duration, right, um, of your pre-marketing campaign, don't go more than two months. Okay. So so let me um kind of consolidate a little bit, right? So mm. from an idea. We go to get a prototype, right? After our friends decide to validate us, we get a prototype. Mm. We set our target based on the MOQ. 
and we set the price, mm. right? But then you're saying that even before we begin the campaign, we have to do the pre-marketing. Pre-marketing, yeah. Right, so it's actually all your pre-launch stuff. Pre-launch, right? yes. And then you say two months. So so what, what happens in these two months when we're <coughs> trying to generate lead and all that, right? Paint, paint us some pictures. What are some possibilities? How do people do this? All right, so pre-marketing becomes basically content creation first, right? You need to do your videos, photos, write-ups, copywriting, and all that jazz, right? Everything mm. that makes your product look good, mm. right? Digital. You, you only have one prototype. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, make this one prototype look like, whoa, yeah. spin and shit. You can do magic, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Like mm. video editing software is amazing these days, so yes. you can you can do whatever you want. Yes, yes. Right? And how far you want to go along, that is up to you. Uh, I think at this point in time, some listeners might have questions like, oh, do I have to pay a company to do it for me? Mm. Right? Uh, I get a question all the time. Yeah. Um, yes, you can. Um, only if you are totally unable to do it yourself, mm. right? Because at the end of the day, you want to save costs, right? You want to, as cheaply as possible, launch a campaign. That means you have to do a lot of these things yourself, mm. right? Mm. And it is okay if the video quality isn't as great as like, pro, like superstar content. It is not supposed to be, mm. right? Mm. end of the day, it is a Kickstarter. It comes from a very humble point. Mm. Please don't forget that. Right, because uh, if you do, then you're kind of like screwing up the whole point of Kickstarter already. It's a point to test and try. Mm. Right, of course, do the video to the best of your ability. That is all you need. Right. Um. So that that's one thing. So once you once you're done with all your content creation, your collaterals and stuff like that, now it's into pre-marketing. So what does that mean? What is pre-marketing? Pre-marketing means uh, getting word out and getting as much demand before you launch the project. Right, and how do you collect this data? You need emails, names, age, as much as you can. But mm. the minimum you need is email. Yes, you need yes. a point of contact. Okay. Also, before I go further, make sure you know how to use like, like email software like Mailchimp and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know, literally it takes you like two hours to learn. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. quite easy. Not sponsored. Yes, not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody keep dropping software names. Uh. I must get all these software to sponsor. Uh. Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay, they, yeah. Make sure, make sure we'll talk to these guys. Okay, yes. yes. Continue. continue. Mailchimp, if you're listening, you know what to do, right? <laughs> you know what to do, yes. Hit us up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so make sure you know how to use software like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so then you're all set. So now you just run your ads. Uh, run your ads, word of mouth, do your social media. Um, keep talking about your product to every single person you meet. Go for meetups, right? The more physical, the better, actually. Because mm. the more quality leads you're going to get. Mm. Keep doing that for two months. Uh, well, I mean, two months is the, the extreme, right? You don't have to do so long, but do as long as you can, mm. right? And once you get to one week before launch, this is when you start hitting them up again. Sending those emails. This is when the emails come to play. Tell everyone, hey, guys, we're launching seven days. Mm, right okay. post it on socials make a big hoo-ha rah-rah about it mm, um, mm, this is when you want to get journalists involved mm, um, right hopefully you would have your press release written already before this this is in, in part of your content creation mm, right send it all out tell these um, journalists to uh, you can either embargo that means you can tell them to release this at a certain time or you, or you can choose whenever you want this to be released mm. um, that's a whole different topic whole different yeah, topic doing together, press yeah. release all those is very complicated <laughs> if you you know I know it, it cannot be succinctly expressed yeah know, that's but right. I, I get the idea okay yes so so, I mean the modern area right well, just send it out to everyone not everyone's gonna reply you but just send it out anyway right um, 
And then three days before we launch, again, another email, another hoo-ha, rah-rah, right? Hey, we're launching three days, don't forget, blah, blah, blah. One day before you launch, right? So tomorrow you're launching, so today you send out another email. This is when you might want to come up with a bit of an incentive hook. This is when you maybe advertise a bit more on the first tier price points. So like, okay, anyway, so guys, don't forget, it's going to be 30% off. Uh, this campaign is only going to be for like 40 days. After this, this special batch won't be available anymore. Uh, if you want to get it, it'll be in like two, three months after production and it'll be a different design. Mm, right, mm, so this is where you wanna come out. All there. the exclusive, uh, all the all jazz, jazz, right? Yes, all that's here. right. Okay. Uh, scarcity marketing, please. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what scarcity marketing is, you can read it up online, mm. right? Uh, employ all those tactics, and then one hour before launch, another email. So I think up to now you sent like four emails, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So one hour before launch, same email. Like, hey guys, one hour more. Blah blah blah. At this point in time, some people might be, might be getting irritated, but it's fine. They forgive you, so don't care. Mm. Just launch, just send anyway. And then launch time. And once you launch, five minutes after you launch, send another, send another email. email. <laughs> Literally, send another email. Uh, uh, say, uh, uh. we are launched. And this is where I go crazy on Facebook and everything like that. Um, get creative. Do what you want. Go live. Talk about it. I don't know. Up to you, right? There are many formats. On yeah, how these to do days, this. there are a lot of strategies. Up yes. to you. So this is the sky's the limit in terms of creativity, how you want to do this. Um, and voila, you have launched. Voila. Just keep the momentum growing. Okay, yes. okay. So then from here all the things will start to set in and then we'll finally decide if it works yeah. then we move on to next steps. Right? You kind of, oh, so um, good that you're on to that. Within the first three days, you will figure out whether your campaign is successful or not. Really? <laughs> yes. Tell me more, tell me more, yes. Okay, so there's always like a push, right? Mm, mm. So let's say you need to sell it to 500, 500 people, packs, right? Yes. Uh, if within the first three days, you hit 250 people, half your campaign is done. Mm. I think that's a good indicator that it's going to be successful because 250 people is quite substantial amount of people that can talk about it to their friends. Mm. Mm. So by word of mouth, it will travel and you can get a good um, amount of people coming in and purchasing. Mm. And also you have the organic people that are on Kickstarter surfing around looking for stuff. So they're going to come in as well. But don't bank on that, right? Uh, it's, it's, try it's not, not to bank on the organic, the organic Kickstarter. Kickstarter guys. The organic Kickstarter people can surprise you mm. But keep or, them as a surprise. Yeah, keep them as a surprise. That's right. Yes. That's right. They could come in in the form of like 30% of wow, your campaign. that's quite a lot. Or, no, uh. They could come in in the form of 30% or they can come in in the form of 50%. Really? Yeah, I've seen that happen before to my own, my own campaigns as well. Nice, So, nice. But at the same time, I wouldn't bank on them. Try to be funded in the first like 48 hours. Mm, Try mm. to hit all 500 people in the first 48 hours. Mm. Because then you unlock something else called the Kickstarter algorithm. Mm. And this is when Kickstarter sees, oh, this project is doing pretty well. It's kind of popular. I'm going to put it on a popular page. Ah, mm. that's, okay. that, that's only if you qualify within the first 48 hours of launch. Mm. And once you hit popular page, that's when organic people come in. Okay, okay, okay. So so then um, give me an idea, right? So there's this thing called stretch goals, mm. right? That means once you hit it already, yeah. then, then you more, right? Because yeah. I've yeah. supported some campaigns. I said, it keeps sending me, oh, we got new stretch goals, new yeah, stretch yeah, yeah, goals, yeah, yeah, yeah. and those kind of stuff, right? So is it a strategy to like set a lower benchmark to hit first and then, you know, you go popular, you get picked mm. up by the algorithm and then... Not really. Um, I don't think as a consumer that's looking at a crowdfunding campaign... I'll look at a project and then I'll see the stretch goals. Maybe they offer different colors and stuff like that. Mm. Um, if it's a stretch goal, I don't really care because mm. I can't get it un unless... Unless <clears> it's stretched. <laughs> unless um, they hit certain uh, funding targets. Yes. Right? Yes. So I don't know. 
Mm. And it also depends at which point of the campaign do I come in. That means, do I see it after they are successful? Let's say the stretch goal is at the $10,000 mark. So let's say uh, they needed to raise $5,000, but they already hit $10,000 already. So automatically, that, op- that stretch goal opens up. Mm. Uh, yeah, then, then it becomes relevant to me. Mm. But before that point, it's not relevant to me. Fair. Right? Okay, as for brands, for creators, how to make it relevant? So what they'll do is for creators, for someone that wants to launch, it is in your best interest to milk every single person for as much money as possible. <laughs> right? I mean, yes. I'm feeling so mixed here. It's sales. It's sales, right? End of the day, it's sales. I, mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm not praising it the nicest mm-hmm. thing, but it is That's sales. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Right? And you want to be successful. And end of the day, milking them doesn't mean you're not giving them value. You are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how? How does this work? Let's say uh, you want to have a stretch goal of a different colorway. Let's say maybe a glow-in-the-dark cover for the mycelium <laughs> one, right? Using glow-in-the-dark mushrooms. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So I, just went, I just went to yeah. walk in the, the, I, the jungle, I, I saw. I like this, I like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so glow-in-the-dark one. Kind of cool, right? Kind of cool, kind of cool. cool. So I'm like, oh, mycelium. that's cool. Yes. So mm-hmm. what happens is 1,000 people have already backed you. That's why you have $10,000, mm. right? That's when you hit your stretch goals. Right? That's when you hit the stretch goal. Mm-hmm. The glow-in-the-dark mushroom cover opens up at $10,000, mm. right? So what you do now, you send another email, right? Using your software, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you tell them, hey guys, if you want this stretch goal as well, just add $8. Uh, so now on top, okay. rather than... Yeah, so Rather than buying one, now they add two, eight, eight, they get two, a bit cheaper. and then they continue to push the campaign. Correct. So okay. that means you're still selling that one maybe at $12 or whatever, right? Mm. Cheaper, a bit more expensive because it's special, right? Mm. Um, you can either sell at $12. That means if these people don't want the initial cover anymore, they cancel that and change the top up $2. So you earn $2 extra. Mm. Alternatively, you can minus the price and then you earn... Eight dollars more. Mm, mm, so mm. you want to earn how much more? So it depends, and there'll be a mix of both coming in. Okay. Yeah, you'll see every every campaign is different, so you'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. So that's the role of a stretch goal. Nice. Mm. Okay. Okay. So then, um, last question, right? If I make this successful, so okay. If I if this is a campaign and we've done all the things and somehow we make it work, mm-hmm. what are the next steps? Do, next steps. Do I take this seriously, or like how do we continue this this campaign? Right. So. Just for clarity's sake, that means once you're done with funding, got the money in your yeah, bank, yeah, we got the money. We, we we already give out everything. Okay, so oh, not so not about the not about the right. The so whole, crowdfunding's done. Yeah, crowdfunding's done. We've uh, fulfilled all the stuff. Yeah, you know, send it out yeah, to send everyone. Send it out to everybody. I know that part may be a little tricky. We right. can talk about this another time. Right. But you've sent it out to everybody already. So yes. you've already successfully completed your brand creation process and your product fulfillment. Mm-hmm. What happens next? What happens now? Oh, okay. So what happens now is you would have a bunch of inventory left over at home or in your <laughs> warehouse that's for sure unless you no one plans that well it's impossible mm, mm, mm. I mean even the yeah. big brands have a yeah, whole no discount route to, to yeah. kind of throw out a lot of those other so things you have, so you have a batch like lying around somewhere mm. and I think at this point in time you should already have an e-commerce online store I mean because that literally takes you a day to set up or less um, if you don't yeah, you should have done it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the basis of yeah. like price, right? Like right. You, you need to have that so that people know that this is the retail price. That's right. Yeah. So now you have your website. You're selling it. And now, now you just go on full e-commerce strategy. In your bank account, you already have money now. See, now you already have the ball rolling. Mm. You have already raised money. You have already profited. In terms of um, like, okay, let's just do a very quick simulation of profits, right? 
generally for iPhone covers and all that, that market, I think it's a good like 70% profits. Wow. Okay. It's quite good because mm. like your costs will be, let's say $2 per cover or mm. less is per mm. cover, probably would be much cheaper than that. Mm. So let's say a dollar per cover. You're, you're making, um, how many pieces do you make? 500. Uh, yeah, let's say, let's say you're making a thousand pieces, mm. right? That's, thousand dollars mm, <laughs> right mm, 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 mm. that's one grand for a thousand covers mm. and the rest is profit yeah and the rest is profit already mm. and you would have and you sold one at what how much ten dollars so you make nine dollars nine dollars nine thousand dollars so you have how much in the bank quite quite substantial mm. enough mm. money to roll you onto your next campaign already mm. so what you could do now is continue selling the stuff uh, at your retail price like fifteen dollars on your e-commerce store which of course will not be as fast as it was during crowdfunding anymore because mm. your your marketing engagement is different now, mm. right? It's mm. different. So you probably see a drop, a good 50% drop in, in purchases per day. So when you see, initially it was like, what, 13 a day? Mm. You probably see like five to seven. Yeah, not too bad. It's okay, not you know, it's sustainable yeah. at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how to keep that going and how to increase that number and engagement numbers? This is when you go into e-commerce strategy, which is actually very similar to the whole crowdfunding thing. You already did it, mm. right? Do the same thing again. But now instead of pushing people to your campaign page and telling them that there are discounts, you just point them straight onto your, your e-commerce page. Or maybe you can give it in the form of like $2 discounts or early signups and stuff like that. And keep that ball going for another maybe two, three months before you launch your next one. Nice. And you do the same thing again on Kickstarter. And again, and again, and, and again, again. After and you again, run seven again. successful Kickstarter, yeah, then and, we'll be talking. And then you become Castify. <laughs> Kistify? I don't know what's that. Kistify is that, is that like the biggest like um, phone cover brand in the world. Really? So like they do a lot of sponsorships and all that stuff like that. Shit. And then they have quite, quite, I think they, I think I don't, I'm not sponsored. Mm. I don't have any of their things. I just mm. see a lot of ads. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, Ken. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot more nooks and crannies from logistics, how to fulfill all those things. We, we cannot cover today. Cannot, yeah. This is too much stuff. One final question, okay. Yeah. How much do I need to start this whole thing? I think less than two grand, probably. Really? Thousand to less than two less than two K. Um if you're thinking about specifically like handphone covers. Mycelium. Mycelium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to have uh, some mushrooms first mm-hmm. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you could probably accomplish something like this within like one to two K. Nice. Sing dollars. Okay. So yes. maybe a potential side hustle yes, that's for right. everyone. So yeah. I uh, hope you learned something useful today. We'll see you around. Take care, guys. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Reggie. Awesome. I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful, interesting, we're shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We're going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, sustainable for all. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you, first question is, what is a core life principle that you hold close to? Uh, Be patient, be open. And... That is said about kind of almost everything in life because a lot of times we are too hasty to make decisions 
And when we're too hasty, we usually make wrong decisions. And when you're not patient, you don't get to see things as a whole. I know this is very abstract sounding. <clears throat> but it is very abstract sounding. Yeah, it is very abstract sounding. But yeah, Very entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, it is, it is, it is, it is. Okay, maybe something stronger. Uh, 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 how you do one thing is how you do everything, mm, mm, right? Mm. That means like from like, do you take care of your bed every day? Do you make it every day? Do you clean your stuff every day at home? Uh, you bring this into your daily life as well, stuff like that. So if you're meticulous at home, you're meticulous at work. So if you want to be meticulous at work, try to be meticulous at home first. Okay. Right? You can you tapau. Fair, fair. You're the yes. soldier dad, right? In the future, like early in the morning, clear your bed. Right? Not really. This is I have to say this to myself so uh, I make it happen. Okay, yeah, it's yes. good. It's good. Number two is uh, what is the personal finance advice that you feel should be further propagated? Further propagated. Stop spending because of ego. A lot of times when we make purchases is because of the people around us. And mm. uh, you make you make purchases because uh, like that nice nice shiny thing. Why do you need it? To be honest, mm. right? Because of people like you <laughs> la, right? Stage a whole Kickstarter campaign. No, then, la, you can't tell me don't buy. I'm making okay, okay. <laughs> placing value. Okay, I'm, okay, okay, okay. So mushroom covers are not gonna sell themselves. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, is it for me to impress someone else? If mm. the answer is to impress someone else, right? Doesn't mean you don't get it. No, no, no. hold up, hold up. Are you impressing someone else to get further in your life? Right? Mm. Okay. So if if that's the case, yeah, sure. If you're impressing someone just for the sake, there's no point. So I think that you gotta think about your, your purchases in that sense. Like I'm not talking about like food and stuff like that. I know. Talk yeah. about like um gifts. Yeah, gifts. Um a little, a little bit more strategic. Stuff right? that are a bit more extravagant, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, extravagance doesn't mean expensive things. It could be small decisions, stuff like that. But um no way your money's going. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, last question is, which part of your life are you giving additional focus on now? Right now, self. Mm. Right? Because um, as, as a long-time entrepreneur, uh, I've been through a lot of downs, more downs than ups, so tasted failure more than enough. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel that yeah, success is just merely uh, accumulation of failure. So it's fine. Um, but at the same time... Um, it's tiring. At, yeah, it's tiring. So I think if your body and soul and mind is not in tune... You're not gonna go forward. So I, yeah, I, something I learned last year is to really be a bit more gentle with myself, in that sense. Because pushing hard every single day will get tiring, will wear you out. Burnout is very, 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 very real. Yeah. And depression <clears throat> and stuff like that. So yes. if you ever feel that way, right, reach out to your friends, mm. talk, talk about it. Cause mm. don't stay in the dark. Get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And say no to hustle porn. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that whole rubbish. And yeah, join us in our other podcast, our entrepreneurship show, and we'll talk more about it. <laughs> Shameless plug. It's okay, my own show, I can plug. <laughs> okay, thank you. See you around. Take care. Awesome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 